No, the religious leaders of Jesus' day were opposed to the idea of his having authority. Uh, uh, there in that same uh, uh, gospel account, in Matthew 21, in verse number 23, the Bible says, And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? And I find it interesting that they were willing to look past what he was able to do and really wanted to question, what gives you the right to do this? Well, if he didn't have the right to do it, he couldn't have done it. Do you remember what the blind man said in John chapter 9? Now, we know that God heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him God heareth. The, the question of his authority was really already answered because he couldn't have done what he was doing if God was not in favor uh, of his teaching. But Jesus was wise enough not to debate everything that could be debated. I'm still trying to learn that in my living. Every contrary thing that's said doesn't necessarily need to be contested. You know, Jesus was of the mind, I don't have to argue with you just because you disagree with me. I don't have to go round and round with you and from Jesus' perspective, just because you're wrong and I'm right. You know, we go round and round about right and wrong quite a bit. Well, Jesus was never wrong, but Jesus said, I don't have to debate everything that can be debated. In fact, in John 12 and verse number 48, you remember Jesus saying, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Jesus was saying, I'm not going to debate everything that can be debated. He was secure in himself and secure with his authority. And I submit to you this morning, there is more to having authority than just having power and being in control. See, some when given authority go on a power trip. Uh, you ever been on a power trip? I dare say all of us have. You know, sometimes just having a little say-so uh, uh, can, can, can talk to your ego. But see, Jesus wasn't a power tripper. Jesus wasn't one of those, uh, if I have some authority, I've got to flex my authoritative muscle and let you all know uh, uh, that I have authority. When we look at the example of Jesus, one of the things that we find in the way that Jesus lived his life is that authority uh, uh, demands responsibility. I'm sorry, I'm a little late on one of the slides there. Authority demands responsibility. It is one thing to have authority. It is another thing altogether to know how to be in authority. You know, everyone can handle authority. Some, when given authority, take it as a license for showmanship or catering to self. Now, brethren, those of us who have families have been delegated a certain authority. And I stress it's a delegated authority. Uh, uh, Ephesians 5 verse number 23 declares, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Brethren, we've been delegated a certain authority by the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean you go home and start beating on your chest and, and talk about the buck stops with me. You see, you misunderstand the authority we've been delegated. Now, sisters, it doesn't mean that you start vying for the headship. Uh, uh, but when God gives the headship to the man, uh, understood in its context, the verse charges us with the responsibility rather than anointing us as tyrants. 
to be sure, there are certain calls that, that as the man of the house, you ought to make. I remember Joshua, Joshua 24, verse number 15. You remember when he called Israel together and he threw down the gauntlet there before them? He said, if you're going to serve the gods that your father served, if you're going to be idolaters, then, then go ahead and be what you're going to be. But, but remember the great, but as for me and my house, I believe that's one of the times when it's just right to exercise uh, of the headship without checking uh, with the missus necessarily. I, I don't know that Joshua checked with Mrs. Joshua before he said this. You know, honey, is it all right if I stand up? And, Joshua just made a call as the head of the family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, when the husband is given the headship, when he's delegated that authority, what he's really given is responsibility for the spiritual well-being of his family. And if he understands the authority that he's given, then it's not about flexing my muscle and when I say jump, everybody says how high. It's about using that authority to the benefit of others. See, Jesus knew how to be in authority. In Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 25, the Bible says, but Jesus called them unto him and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. Jesus said, among my people, there can't be any power trippers. That there can't be folk fighting to be in charge. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Uh, and whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. We learn from Jesus, who had authority, that having authority is not about just being in charge. Having authority is a responsibility, and it carries the responsibility uh, uh, of looking out for the well-being of others. But then looking further there in, in Matthew chapter 7, not only does authority demand responsibility, but we learn from the example of Jesus that that authority requires concern for others. See, one ruled by self-interest is not suited to be in authority. Now, you want to talk about somebody who will make life miserable for everybody else, give authority to somebody who's ruled by self-interest. And they will think that this is licensed then to have everybody cater to me. But what did Jesus just say? I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And this coming from the one who is in authority and the one whom if anybody deserved to be served, uh, uh, it was Jesus. But see, Jesus understood it's not so much having authority that makes a positive Im uh, impression on others. You know, just because you hold a position of authority doesn't necessarily mean that you were something. Uh, the other people have had positions of authority too. The thing that will make a, a positive impression on others is being wise and fair in the exercise of authority. Uh, you know, just because you're in charge, I, it, it might mean we have to listen to what you say right now. But do you remember what Jesus said about the scribes and the Pharisees? He said, they sit in Moses' seat, so whatever they tell you to do, do that. But don't act like they act, because they say and do not. The scribes and Pharisees were ruled by self-interest. I, I want to take a look at that passage there, Matthew chapter 23. 
uh, uh, beginning at verse number two. Uh, Matthew 23, beginning at verse number two, uh, uh, Jesus speaking uh, uh, to the disciples and, the, and uh, the multitude, the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. They, they've got a certain authority. All therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. One of the things we learn from Jesus is just because a person has authority doesn't necessarily mean that they are right. Jesus said, now what they tell you to do, when, when they give you the word of God, you follow the word of God. Not so much because it's coming from the scribes and the Pharisees, but because it's the word of God. He said, but when you watch their living, they will teach things that they themselves don't practice. Verse four, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. And, and then look where uh, uh, you really want to see uh, uh, their self-interest. Verse 5, but all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feast and the chief seats and the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men, rabbi, rabbi. That's why they didn't make very good leaders because they were ruled by self-interest. They weren't really concerned about the people they were supposed to be serving. Uh, they really saw the people as the means to an end. If, it, if you can help me get the prestige and the recognition I want to, then well. Uh, but if you don't serve that purpose, uh, then I'll find somebody who can. By contrast, Jesus uh, uh, identified himself as the good shepherd. And notice the difference uh, in concern between the scribes and Pharisees and Jesus as the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, uh, verse number 11 in your Bibles, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And do you see the difference already? Jesus says, as the good shepherd, I'm concerned about your well-being. But the scribes and Pharisees are concerned about their own well-being. And then verse 12 there in John chapter 10, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. See, Jesus says as the good shepherd, as one having authority, see, I understand my responsibility. My responsibility is to take care of the sheep. And I have a genuine and abiding concern uh, uh, for others. But looking still further there in, in Matthew chapter 7, we learn from the example of Jesus that not only does authority demand responsibility and require concern for others, but authority necessitates faithfulness. Now, to be faithful is the equivalent of saying that a person is reliable or dependable. Now, you know, it's hard to get things done if you don't have reliable or dependable people. Now, you know, when, when you give them a task and you don't know if the task is going to be completed or not, uh, when you tell them what you want them to do, but you don't know if it's one of those days where uh, they just got a little bit of mood to them, and in the days when they have a little bit of mood to them, you can't count on them for anything. If a man has authority, if a person has authority, then it necessitates them being faithful 
to the authority which they possess. Appreciate that we are held responsible by God for what we are given. In Luke 12 and verse number 48, Jesus uh, uh, there says, but he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto, for unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask more. See, now this takes us back to this idea that when I'm given authority, what I've really been given is responsibility. I haven't been given power just to tell folk, do this, do that, do the other. I've actually become responsible for their well-being. And Jesus wanted to be and was faithful to the Father's will. You remember John chapter 4, he's uh, uh, sitting there uh, uh, having a conversation with the Samaritan woman. And then his disciples come back and they wonder why it is that Jesus would be dealing not just with a, a, a woman, but a Samaritan woman at that. And, and John 4, verse 34, Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You know what Jesus was saying to them in the word? I, I, I'm being faithful. That's why I do what I do. That, that's why I am the way that I am. I, I, I'm being dependable. I, I want the Father to know that he's able to count on me to do all that he's committed into our trust. Maybe we haven't appreciated, but we've been given authority by God. If I am a parent, God has given me some authority. But it also requires that I exercise responsibility and faithfulness. If I am a parent, then my responsibility is to raise my children to know the Lord. If I have a job, my responsibility is to there be a light that shines in the darkness. Uh, if I have a family, God has given me a responsibility there. If this thing permeates every uh, aspect of our living. And if we are to live lives that will be pleasing unto God, it demands responsibility, requires concern for others, and necessitates faithfulness. And above all, God has called us to carry the gospel into this world in which we live. And it ought to be more apparent to us now than it has been at any other time that our world needs Jesus. Yeah, a cure for corona would be nice, but we need Jesus more. See, because you're only going to be here about 70 years, give or take. So even if they find a cure for corona, that's not going to find a cure for, for the fact that God said that uh, uh, it is appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. We're going to leave here because of something, whether it be corona or, or old age. Or, and, you know, I don't want to make light of this thing. We, we just have some business with God that you can't settle up with in this life. God calls us to carry the gospel message to a world dying in sin. And can you imagine uh, the authorities knowing that there's this virus? And who else, and who knows what else is out there? You know, this is just the last one they've told us about. But can you imagine them knowing that and just saying, oh, oh well, we'll just let things take care of themselves? Wouldn't we think that extremely irresponsible of them? And wouldn't we want uh, uh, some new leadership that was at least going to try to address the problem? Well, can you imagine the church looking at a world dying in sin and all we do is sit on the gospel? 
Isn't that irresponsible? How can we watch people die in sin and not have anything to say or live lives that in some way that will draw them to Christ Jesus? God has given us the cure that men need most. And he calls men to be reconciled uh, through what he's revealed to us in the biblical record. He says that men need to hear the good news. Jesus said, John 6, verse 45, they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and learned of the Father cometh unto me. They need to believe that Jesus is the Christ. John 8, verse 24, Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. This world needs to appreciate that there is a God who is in authority over every authority and that we need to live our lives according to the will of God and abandon all these philosophies and ideas that humanity has come up with. In a word in the Bible, that's called uh, repentance. Uh, uh, repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of living. We need to change our minds about God. God is alive and, and he is a ruler over all things. And we are subject to God. And, and the world needs to change its mind about that fact and stop trying to deny God's existence and humble ourselves under his caring hand. And Luke 13, uh, uh, that should say Luke 13, 3, uh, 5. It says John 3. That threw me for a moment. I, John 13 doesn't have anything to do with, not, not that verse. Uh, Luke 13, 3, Luke 13, uh, 5. Jesus says, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. We must be willing to make the confession of faith that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Matthew 10, 32, Jesus says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. And then having done those things, the one who has authority has declared that we need to be baptized in water for the remission of sins. And, and we need to be clear about this thing. If somebody is going to come along and contradict Jesus, then I believe the question of the Pharisees becomes valid. Who gave you this authority? What, what gives you the right to say something other than what Jesus has declared? Uh, John 3, verse 5, Jesus said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, the one who has authority declares that these are the things that we need to do if we want God to receive us as sons and daughters, to be reconciled to God. And thereafter, even having done those things, the Bible requires that we live obediently. And what we call the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse number 20, Jesus there said, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That means we ought to obey what Jesus has commanded from start to finish because he is the one who has authority. Perhaps you hear this broadcast and you want to respond uh, in baptism. Uh, as has been noted earlier, if you will email uh, our elders at elders at laurelchurch.net. I think I got that wrong last week. I think I just referred you to the website. However you get in touch with us, amen and hallelujah. If you will make your request known to us, in spite of corona and all the other things that are going on, we will baptize you in the name of Christ Jesus for the remission of sins. And when you go down in the waters of baptism, God will wash away your sins 
and dwell you with his spirit and add you to the church uh, of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Perhaps you hear this broadcast, you want to respond, or you just want the church to pray for you. And if either of those are the case, then we bid you to respond as we sing at this time the song of invitation. <laughs> 